Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to Not Another Mummy Podcast with me, Alison Perry. My guests today are Jen and Al Ferguson, who have suffered seven miscarriages, six of them subsequently, since having their four-year-old son, Teddy. They talk about their experiences from finding out about their first miscarriage on their wedding day to now struggling to conceive and going through fertility treatment. Al writes a lot about their experiences on the website for fathers that he runs, The Dad's Net, as well as doing things like campaigning for things like better changing facilities in men's toilets. Uh, Jen and Al talk about how their experiences with miscarriage and baby loss has affected their lives and how they're managing to stay really positive throughout it all. Welcome, Jen and Al. I looked at you and I said Jen, and I looked at you and I said Al. That was really confusing. I could be Jen. <laughs> I do not want to be Al. We've got a blonde wig for you, Al. That'd be really helpful just to, you know, imagine you as Jen. I actually have one of those, but I only use it on Friday nights. Do I think we need to know about this? No, we don't. <laughs> Your little uh, Friday night antics. <laughs> TMI. Welcome, guys. It's really nice to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for having us. Um, so you have... Uh, tell, tell me about your family. You've got three children between you, haven't you? Yep. So we've got Louis, 14, Isla, 6, nearly 7, and Teddy, who's 4. Nearly 5. Nearly 5. That's very important. I'm sure he's probably reminding you that he's nearly 5. He counts down. He says... It's like, when's my birthday? It's after Easter. So now we've had Easter. He's like, it's my birthday soon. Yeah, that, like, that, that was a rookie mistake, yeah. seeing after Easter, yeah. because the it whole year after. is after Easter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. True. It was August, True. so it's a long way after Easter. Oh, that's so cute. Birthdays are such a massive, massive deal when you're that age, aren't they? Yeah. Is oh, he well, at school yet? Yeah. He goes to school, but he, we do flexi school. So he goes, he's in reception, but he's only at school till lunchtime. Ah, because he, he doesn't need to until he's five. Yeah, compulsory That's... school age is the term after you're five. Okay. So the whole of reception he's doing part-time. Wow. And mm. how are you finding that? Because obviously with the reception, they're kind of, I was going to say they're kind of just playing. And I'm sure any reception... I'm a reception teacher. I was going to say, any reception <laughs> teachers, yeah, um, you know, listening would be a bit like horrified. Um, but there's definitely a step up from reception to year one, oh, isn't there? In terms step. of how much work they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Because so, I teach reception and year one. I didn't realise that yeah. okay okay i just gave it up to work for al 
So you're basically the best placed person then to decide how much time your child should be in reception. Yes. You're making a very, very <laughs> informed decision. Informed decision yeah. Which is strange because people still felt the need to criticise it quite heavily. Really? Yeah. Oh, very much so. We got a lot of negative attention for flexi schooling. Wow. People don't like it. People, don't, I don't think people tend to like any difference. I think that's it. Also, people just like having an opinion. Yes, true. And telling you about it. Yes, very they? true. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes, perhaps, a little jealousy as well. That we, it, I mean, it's we actually had to do quite a lot of research to find out that we could do it. Yeah. So it's not it's not readily available. So unless you're really digging for it, you well, and we're fortunate enough to, to both work from home. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to do it. So yeah. Yeah, that would be tricky. If you were working full time, you can't just kind of like rock up in the middle of the day to pick your child up from school and then no. have them at home for half no. a day. Exactly. It's not exactly. But we doable. work when Teddy's at school and then one of us has Teddy in the afternoon and the other works and then whoever's not done their work works in the evening. So, so am I right in thinking that, Al, you've been a stay-at-home dad for a while? Aside from launching, you know, a successful website and all the work that goes with that... You have technically been a stay-at-home dad. Yeah, so I used to be a teacher as well. Right. I was year four, five, and six. Okay. And reception definitely just play. <laughs> <laughs> well, he used to teach my children after I'd taught them. They'd go up to him and he'd be like, whatever she's told you, forget it. I'm yeah. going to teach you right. We'll so start from is scratch. That, is that how you guys met? Yeah. At work? Oh, right. Okay. Right. We're getting, we're getting a full, full picture here now. Yeah. <laughs> there is a funny story there, but I don't know if it's, it's... It might be a bit digressing from the point. Tell us the story. I was So I was a trainee teacher. And I went into the and school. And I was an expert And you teacher. were an expert. <laughs> and as part of your training, you have to get experience of the key stage above and the key stage below yeah. from where you're teaching. So my line manager said, oh, right, you need to go down to reception year one and basically see what's going on. Watch them playing. Watch them play. <laughs> and then choose a classroom to get experience from that teacher of how she encourages play. And uh, so there were six classes. I went down and had a look. And basically, I just chose the classroom with the fit teacher. <laughs> I love it. I, I don't care what they were doing. I'm going in that classroom. <laughs> yeah. So romantic. Right. No, so then I was teaching my class and he was sat at the back with his little notepad. And I was thinking, mm-mm, you so are fit. How old were you when you were a trainee teacher? This, this was quite a few years ago. Yeah, like 24, something like that. And oh, well, there's a 10 year age gap. I was going to say, I wondered because I'm, I remember reading about you having your 40th birthday party. Yes, yes. I'm nearly 41 and I was just turned 30. I see. Okay. 31. Okay. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, I was teaching and then I left. So I was, and I was blogging like just in the evenings. And then I left teaching to be a stay at home dad and teach. Oh, that's not true. I left teaching to be a stay-at-home dad and blog. Right. Mm. And then Jen went back to work to kind of tie us over financially, really. Um, I didn't want to go back to work, but I just thought Al had had a really good idea. And he said, I don't know if I can make this into something that's financially viable, but I'd like to give it a go. So I said, well, you just stay at home and do that, and I'll go back to work. And then he, sa- he said, I'll give it six months. And if it doesn't work in six months, then I'll go back, mm. to, back to school. So the idea that you had was the dad network and it's yes. now the dad's net, yes. isn't it? And it is, it's really successful. It's, you know. It is, yeah, it's going really well. Um, we have, well, we just support and encourage and help and chat to thousands of dads all around the world. 
And mm. I, I, I'm assuming that you must have sort of spotted a gap that there are, you know, there are websites and groups and, you know, whole kind of support networks for mums, but that there wasn't a similar thing. And, and some people might be rolling their eyes and be a bit like, as if dads need the same level yeah. of support. Um, but, you know, I'm married to a stay-at-home dad and I know that there are times when you can feel a bit isolated mm. being at home yeah. and there isn't, you know, there, there wasn't that same that same support network. Yeah, exactly. And it's like that's a complete urban myth about dads don't don't want to talk about what's going on, even the good things and the bad things. I mean, we have threads and conversations every single day around suicide, postnatal depression, PTSD, the struggles with um, getting their babies to sleep, you know, everything that a mum would have. Mm. Dads have it as well, and they do want to talk about it. They just need somewhere to talk about it. And it's funny, actually, because when my husband goes to the pub with the school dads, quite often he comes back, and obviously I'm always like, what did you talk about? Mm. You know, give me the gossip. And quite often it is, like, all the issues, all the dad stuff. They're talking about their kids. They're talking about, you know, stuff that's happening at the school. They're talking about, you know, a a local park that's been regenerated that they can take the kids to. It's it's not dissimilar to the stuff that mums talk about. No, exactly. We have local meetups, so what we what we realised that it was great to have one big online community where we were talking to dads on the other side of the world or in Scotland or wherever. But actually what we wanted to do was bring dads together locally as well so they can actually meet people in the flesh. So we've got about 60 local communities around the UK all meeting up and connecting online. And um, our local one, we just go to the pub and have a beer and a burger. And like now I can basically go to the pub with my mates under the disguise of I'm being a better dad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love it's it. It's brilliant. You know that that's not really a new thing. That's what us mums have been doing for for yes, years. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's, We're just taking up. a while. Co- coffee and cake <laughs> <laughs> under yeah. the guise of being a good mum. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, you don't even know where the kids are, right? Hmm. But why did you set up the dad net, the dad's net? Yes. That so we had a miscarriage on our wedding day. Our first miscarriage of seven on our wedding day. And consequently, I went online to look at what was what resources there were, like any information, anywhere I can express myself. For a dad specifically. For me, yeah. yeah. So yeah. there was stuff for, there was stuff for mums and articles about miscarriage, but it was written by a mum or it was a mum how a mum was feeling. And the problem was I wasn't a mum feeling any of those things because I'm a dad and I'm mm. feeling different things and I'm the whole situation is you know, I'm looking at it from a different approach. I didn't know any of that because Al didn't deal with the first miscarriage very well at all and I was in bed for a couple of days and he was just completely emotionless and went into this really robotic what can I physically be doing to help you and he made me really angry because he didn't have any emotion at all and that's why he was downstairs googling I I'm finding this hard to accept and know how to um feel know how to feel anything that's mm. probably a really normal reaction though isn't it because quite often you do want to know how can i physically help you mm. how can i you know how, and you need help to help yes. your partner yeah it's the number one for me in my experience of chatting to dads is the number one thing that i think is a red herring even the other day i was talking to a dad he had a horrific situation where one of his um babies died earlier on in the pregnancy and when it, when it all happened, he actually said to me, um, I was like, I, was, I always ask them, how are you doing? You know, and then I'll ask about how his 
partners do, just yeah. because it's quite a refreshing way of asking sometimes. And that's your focus. That's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I asked him, and he and his actual response was, um, "Yeah, I'm fine. I'm just trying to make sure my partner's all right, and then I'll deal with my stuff later down the line." And I'm like, "Ah, no! Like, that's the number one thing that you shouldn't do. You should just address it together." Yeah. Um, so mm. it's it's really common, and it, it, it's something that. that it's something that's happening to both of you and yes there might be people listening who are like no this is happening to the mum this is happening to the woman it's her body it's mm. her you know they almost they might be thinking you know dads can't own this dads can't mm. take this as mm. being something that's happening to them but actually to a certain extent it, you're a couple you mm. have created this life together mm. and then it hasn't gone to plan mm. and so it's something that you both need to be dealing with isn't yeah, exactly it? it absolutely and for Al to be sitting in a hospital room while I'm wheeled down to theatre seven eight times in the past few years is mm. is horrific and no one comes in and checks on you they're kind of like oh they know I'm in there but you know Jen's wheeled out and then nothing until she's wheeled back in so mm. there was something that um, I saw. I saw a post, a dad's net post, the other day that got a bit got a bit viral. Oh dear! Yeah. <laughs> and uh, this, is this, this is a slight tangent, but it just reminded me of it, which was a dad saying, "When I when my partner gave birth, no one gave me a cup of tea, um, you know, I, and he was really pissed off." Um, so there might be some people, and, and the reaction to that was very much like, "Poor you, yeah." yeah. You know, your partner's there giving birth and you're complaining about not getting an effing cup of tea. Yeah, yeah. But So there might be some people who kind of feel a little bit, you know, like that around this, where it's like, you know, this isn't your kind of... Your thing. Your issue to deal with. I do get that. But being being the woman in that situation, we were both in the room when they told us repeatedly that we'd lost baby after baby and they speak to me the nurses the doctors speak to me and I could see uh, sometimes I am coping better than Al and yet I'm the only one that the doctors or the nurses are even speaking to Al would ask questions and they would look at me and answer didn't they wouldn't really even acknowledge you when you were asking would they no and that post was completely and it it was his own fault this isn't anyone's they're not, you know, they no one's done anything wrong here. But everyone got kind of sidetracked with this cup of tea comment. Yeah. And like, that wasn't his point. That was no. just his, that was just like a vehicle for delivering what he was really saying. If is he'd that left the cup of tea out, he would have had a bit more sympathy. Support, yeah. Like, it wasn't about a cup of tea. And I'm sure he didn't really care about whether he, got, he could have gone to the vending machine. Yeah, of course he could have, or asked or whatever. Yeah, of course. And he probably, you know, it was just an unfortunate way of putting it in there. But actually, the point was that dads can often just get neglected and not in like a oh are you comfortable sir can i do anything for you because we want you to be focusing on the on the patient and on mum and the medical needs of mum and that's absolutely right but you know just to walk past and go how you doing like that's it's not it doesn't take a great deal just to acknowledge dad's also going through an incredibly emotional moment in their life that's so true and actually it kind of reminds me of when when I had um, twins last October and uh, most of the midwives were amazing while we were in hospital for like four days. But there was one who was slightly dismissive of my, my husband mm. and a little bit, treated him a little bit like, um, 
you know, he was just being a bit kind of a bumbling idiot mm. and a bit clueless and that he, he had to really step up and support me. And it was a bit like, but he is, he's been amazing. Mm. And also, like, you know, he is knackered. Like, he, he's gone through four days of caring for these two small, tiny screaming babies just as much as I have. Like, we're in this together. We are yeah. a team. Mm. And I don't see this as being, you know, I have experienced this and he's just there almost being a spare part. Mm. Like, we're together. Yeah. And I think that more and more people are definitely coming round to that view of mm. dads need to be part of this 100 percent otherwise we're kind of still stuck in the dark ages yeah i mean well i think you can't really win either if you're not an involved um father showing your emotions then you're criticized and if you want to be involved and show your emotions you're also criticized so you just can't win now so you guys have been through a real rough time haven't you Mm. so seven miscarriages six of them have have been consecutive yeah um, so, like you have explained, on your wedding day, that was when you had your first miscarriage. Yeah. Um, then you went on to have your son, Teddy, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that must have been, at that point, You did you feel like that was just one thing that happened and now, oh, relief, we're, we're having a son and that and everything will be okay? I didn't point. think that, uh, no. Because of the first miscarriage, I spent the whole pregnancy worrying the whole pregnancy worrying. And even when he was born, I kept saying to Al, something bad's going to happen. Well, even that. now, you still say that. Yeah, even now, I do. Yeah. Even even though you'd had a child before that and mm. everything, you, know, okay, you still you had this kind of sense of foreboding. Yeah, absolutely. But then we did think, we knew that we wanted, because we've got our own two children, we knew that we wanted our children together to be close in age. So as soon as Teddy was born, we had already decided that we were going to have another one as, quickly as, as soon possible. as possible. Wow. Like as soon as the doctors check and say, yeah, you're fine. We were yeah. like, right. So eight on weeks it. are like. Yeah. yeah. We were like, that is it. We we want to be, we would have been happy with two under one, wouldn't we? Yeah. Wow. And one one miscarriage is, is quite common. Like, well, really quite common. Like, what is it? One in four? One in four. You know, that's a huge, you know, that's really common. Yeah. Um, and so after Teddy was born, I didn't then think, probably have another miscarriage because we've already had our miscarriage. Yeah, you probably thought, well, that, that yeah, happened like, and that was awful, yeah. mm. but now we're going to get on track and yeah. get on with things. Yeah. Mm. And even then, probably after the first one, I was still like, oh, that was a bit rubbish luck. Mm. Um. But never did I think that we sat here having had six in a row. Mm. And they were, it was every six months, wasn't it? I'd get pregnant. I'd be pregnant for three months. Then I'd miscarry. Then three months later, I'd get pregnant again. And it just went like that for three years. Which just must have been emotionally just so, so difficult to deal with for both Mm. of you. Mm. I think as it's gone on, I found it easier in a way because I don't have... I always like to cushion myself for the bad times, whereas Al is quite hopeful and positive. And I think as it's gone on, I've coped better and, and you've found it much harder, haven't you? Whereas I found it much harder at first, I think. Yeah. I also struggle as we've gone on that no one has been able to say why this is happening. So you've never had, you know, sort of test results oh, that come had, back to... We've had test after test after test. But nothing's come back to say this is why this is happening to you. No, and even up until last week, we get told all the time by 
by the professionals. This is just bad luck. We know you don't want to hear that, but it is just bad luck because there's no physical reasons why this is happening, why this is happening. Which is so much worse mm. because if someone could just say, oh, it's because your body is like this. Mm. And then you go, okay, I I get that. I understand it. I can process that and then I can move on. But for someone to go, ah, it's just bad luck. You're I like, know. oh my God, well, how much bad luck can someone have? Mm. Like surely, surely... Do you think it is bad luck or do you think that the medical world just hasn't, doesn't know yet? So so not enough research has been put into this. Yeah, I definitely think that because our miscarriages are almost the same. It takes, well, up until now, we've been diagnosed um, with infertility now, but up until the sixth miscarriage, they were pretty much the same, weren't they? Yeah, carbon copies of each other. There was one that was different, but... Everything else was so my, my body wouldn't miscarry naturally. We'd have to go in. We had scans every week. The baby would grow each week, so they couldn't class it as a miscarriage. And then by week 12, I'd have to have surgical management of miscarriage. So you've had that surgical management miscarriage six times? More than that, because twice it didn't work. You're kidding. So one time we had... I sur- mean, she says didn't work. You could also say it wasn't done properly. Right. That's him looking after me. So I had surgical management of miscarriage, came out of um, theatre, went home, and then there were issues, so they realised that it hadn't worked, and so they repeated that operation again. And then another time, and this is quite extraordinary, we had surgical management of miscarriage. That didn't work. So they gave us medical management of miscarriage, which is when you take a tablet and then your body should naturally miscarry. And that didn't work. So then I had to have another surgical management of miscarriage. So I actually had three interventions for one experience of miscarriage. And what kind of effect is that having on you, your body and how you're feeling? I know. Well, that that one was awful because I've had the surgical management of miscarriage so many times that I know exactly what to expect. And I know it sounds awful, but there's an anaesthetist um, clinic just down the road, isn't there? And I was walking here thinking... The, those anaesthetists are have actually really helped me because they'd come into the room and they'd be like, Jen, ow! Yeah, well, first name terms of the anaesthetist. I mean, even when they're driving through the town and they see us and they stop or they stop to talk to us in the supermarket, <laughs> I was like, Jen, this is not okay. No, I was like, who's that bloke, Jen? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's not normal to be on such first good name terms. terms with, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but body-wise, I found it really hard because I've been pregnant, not pregnant, pregnant, not pregnant so many times. Hormonally, what's that doing to you, is it? Yeah, can it, you even imagine? Yeah. As well as, the, you know, the physical side effects. So, not easy. No. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So you said that you kind of cushion yourself mm. that, you know, Al, you're a very optimistic person. And so every time that you have been getting pregnant, Jen, have you been almost thinking the worst and not yeah. allowing yourself to yeah, celebrate that's exactly it? exactly what happens. Well, we did do a couple. Um, at the further... At the beginning, the first pregnancy, I, you know, when you're on Instagram and you see all those lovely reveals, I, I stupidly did one. I filmed a secret reveal for Al and I had Teddy a T-shirt printed with Big Brother on it. Mm. And then I put a secret camera up and I filmed Al getting Teddy dressed. So he's putting on all his clothes and then he puts his T-shirt, pulls the T-shirt over him and then burst into tears mm. and we've got that on camera and I think that I wish I hadn't got that on camera because my memories of that could fade away much easier if I hadn't done that so after that I swiftly learned to just well now I just go and do a test on my own don't I and you shout up the stairs <laughs> is it a yes yeah. or a no and I shout down one way or the other and then I try and ignore it well there was one time I was at, sat at the computer and you came down and tapped me on my shoulder and said oh, I'm pregnant and I went Oh, right. Then just carried on. And like, you know, for everybody else in that situation where you're telling your partner that you're pregnant or you reveal it together, it's like such a special magical moment that you go, ah, how wonderful. And you can kind of picture it with kisses and, oh, let's celebrate, not with Prosecco or whatever. And, you know, for us, it's like, all right. Which Let's it, wait it, until it, the awful yeah. na- awfulness happens again. But in, in itself, even that is just really sad. Mm. Well, it's stealing it away from us. And then mm. even even then when... That's exactly it. I feel like our wedding was taken from us. Mm. Then I feel like our excitement at getting pregnant is taken away from us. Mm. What was your wedding like? So did you tell other people what was happening to you? No. Or did you keep it a secret? We kept it a secret. We told our parents and my bridesmaids. Because rather than like lip gloss in their bags, they had to make sure they had things for me in case. Mm-hmm. But I just spent the whole day worrying that something, that it was going to become obvious to other people yeah. without going into too much detail. No, yeah, you and, and then we, we just, we went off on our own quite a bit, didn't we? Hmm. So that we could actually show, be, have real emotions because the rest of the time we were fake smiling for it. I mean, my sister said, my sister came over to me and said, Jen, like, it's like you're not even in your body. You're like a shell walking around smiling. Uh, but then we got through the wedding, then we left early. And then when I got back to the hotel, I was really, really, really ill, like unbelievably ill. And then we knew it was happening, didn't we? Mm. And you must look at photographs of your wedding now and, and not feel that oh, it's horrid. joy that most people feel. Oh, if you could see the wedding pictures. My my mouth is smiling and my eyes look really quite haunting, don't mm. they? Uh, I no, I, don't, I can't look at any of those wedding pictures. No. Do you have them up around around your home? A or? couple. A couple where you can't. Well, I'm not face on. Yeah, or like a big <laughs> couple group, of the back group, of my hair. Yeah, in group shots. <laughs> yeah, just to prove you were there, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Al, you did something really sweet, didn't you, for Jen's fortieth? Was it last year? Yeah. Yeah, we well because of that because the whole wedding kind of had a big the memories of the wedding have a big cloud over it was jen's 40th and she really wanted a party for her 40th where all her friends and family were so i was like oh well whilst all her friends and family are in the same place let's renew our vows and kind of repeat it so we 
Who didn't tell anyone? No, I didn't tell anyone. And we we did it in the same venue, stood in the same spot with the same people, maybe a couple of new extras that we'd we'd picked up along the way. (laughs) (laughs) And and then I had a dress made by the same dressmaker. No way. Um, And what else was the same? I used some of the decorations were the same. Mm, It's lovely. Yeah. But the guests weren't happy because obviously they thought they were coming to my birthday. So yeah. they pulled up and it's like happy 40th everywhere. And then they well, walked got, around I'm... the corner and saw basically a wedding laid out. Yeah. And the girls were all like, oh my God, I mean, jeans and a t-shirt at a wedding. One and then... guy rocked up in flip-flops and shorts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was there like suited and booted. Yeah. But He's then like, they said, and we haven't got presents, like wedding presents. And when yeah. we were like, no, like, that's the whole point of it. This is just to recreate a sad memory into a good one. Yeah. What was it like for you, though, when you kind of rocked up to your 40th and actually it was like a second wedding? Well, I knew before I'd got there because I had to obviously put my dress on. Well, and something exciting happened in the morning, didn't it? Because I got a phone call from Eden. (laughs) Yeah, this is the real memory. I I had to show her the dress, so I told her what we were doing, but she didn't know any of the details. So she didn't know where we were going. We had the same wedding car. I don't know where, didn't know that. She didn't know where we were going. She didn't know any of the details of the day. Mm. Um, But yeah, on the morning, because it was her birthday as well, we got um, Eden Blackman from Celebs Go Dating. um, Who's Jen's celebrity crush. So we got him to give Jenna FaceTime. And then so and then my, I walked into my front room and my friend from Dubai was standing behind the door. Yeah. Yeah. She got flown over. <laughs> no expense, but so, so she made herself. <laughs> so do, do you now have, have kind of better memories? Did that? Yeah, it did, did that kind of help almost like heal yeah, it did. your memories? Of yeah, because I used to drive past wedding shops and be like, I am really pissed off that I spent all those years watching Don't Tell the Bride yeah. and those ladies stand in the rooms trying on all the dresses with their mums crying. And I didn't ever have that. Mm. And it just feels like we, we have had really bad luck and it just feel like quite a lot has been taken away from us. So that was just a little bit, made it a little bit easier, didn't it? Mm. So how would you say you have got through the last few years what kind of coping mechanisms have you put into place apart from not getting your hopes up whenever Mm. you get that positive pregnancy test you know you're you're sitting here you you're putting on a very good you know you 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 seem like a a strong couple you seem generally happy in Mm. life yeah how is that possible we are well that's what we get asked a lot actually don't we how can we still be feel like this when that's happened to us but I do think that it has made us like what we've gone through together has made has really made us incredibly strong hasn't it mm. like and we have separated ourselves away from a lot of people and a lot of things haven't we yeah but to protect myself I'm thinking about that I went into mother care and burst into tears in mother care in in our oh, yeah, local town that. didn't you yeah and I used to go to get baby and buy baby clothes and at home I've got all the baby clothes like even when I wasn't pregnant I'd just go in and have to have it because I just really desperately wanted a baby and I've stopped even going anywhere near those areas now I can't and what about you know following people on social media do you mute people if they're I didn't know I could do that until um, a couple of months ago and then someone told me and not so much because I I genuinely am happy for other people that they haven't had to go through what we go through I know some people find it really difficult and I do find some things difficult but 
most of the time I'm just pleased that other people aren't going through this. But you were asked if you wanted to hold a baby, weren't you, by someone? Yeah, I said no. And he said friends, no. Friends, friends as well. Um, and that was quite hard to do because they expect you to say, oh, yeah, I really want to hold a baby. But Al just said, I really, I really don't. I really can't because I want to be holding my own baby. Yeah. And that I, was, um, I can probably do that now a bit. All right. Whereas I go the other way. I know, well, in my head, and I'm sure they're probably not actually, in my head, I'm thinking that people when they've had a newborn baby are looking at me thinking, God, I hope she's okay and this isn't upsetting her. So I purposely go over to whoever it is with the baby and say, oh, can I hold the baby and show everybody that I'm absolutely so, fine? In a way, that's so nice because that's you worrying about how they're feeling yeah. and kind of trying to make it okay for them. And yes. actually, you should. You don't really need to be doing that. You just need to be <laughs> focusing on you being okay. Oh, I know, but I think probably that's how I handle it, just yeah. focus on other people. I talk to people almost all day every day on social media messaging me telling me about their experiences some messaged me from hospital when they're about to go and have their management of miscarriage but even that in itself must be a big deal i mean i, mean, I was chatting to um l from feathering the empty nest mm. um last year on the podcast and she talked about how actually other people sharing their stories can be very emotionally draining mm. in itself mm. because you know, you're obviously putting yourself out there on social media and you're talking about your experiences and that is opening up the opportunity for other people to share their experiences with you. But then you've then got to take that on board and mm. you've got to be responding to them and, you know, dealing with their problems as well. I yeah, think- well, Elle is a friend of mine, actually, and we've had that conversation because I messaged her saying this is just so overwhelming and she'll say, yes, sometimes I have to take a step back from it all and look after myself, but it really helps me. Sometimes people message and say, I've had... Because I feel like we've had really bad advice, support, don't you? Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> it, I do. And it's so nice to be able to say to someone, well... If you ask this question, this is probably going to happen, or this hospital, or specialists, or there's this medication, and nobody told us. And I, and as I've got older, and now my age is an issue, and now we're not able to get pregnant, I'm a bit pissed off that if someone had told me that four years ago when we started miscarrying, I think we'd be in a different position. So do you think you would have perhaps had treatment yeah. sooner? So, so you're now in a, a point where you've been told that you've, you're having fertility problems mm. and you're, you're, you've started fertility treatment, haven't you? Yes. Well, we were diagnosed, uh, we haven't had a pregnancy for a year and a half and we're under the care of the recurrent miscarriage clinic in Paddington and they signed us off because they said, obviously, you've had seven miscarriages, but you're not... You're not having any more. You're not minute, having so any more, we so we yeah. can't help you. And we knew that we wouldn't, we knew that we couldn't have IVF just for financial reasons. And so we went to the doctor and asked if there was anything they could do. And they said, absolutely not. And then the wonderful thing about social media is that people messaged us and said, well, IVF isn't just like the final stage. There's a lot of stages and just look into this. Don't give up. Mm. And we did look into it. So now we are, um, it's classed as starting IVF. It's all the medication before. So I'm on estrogen, progesterone, clomid. Clomid, yeah. Yeah, cycle one. And we have scans every week, and um, yeah, that's where we're at with it. And in fact, Jen's ovulating at the moment. <laughs> tonight, 
tonight's the night. I was going to get lucky. <laughs> Sorry, have the I lost The blonde coming out. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Oh, hey, God. I said that I'm just happy to share everything. Um, just going back, I just, about what kind of coping mechanisms, like social media is like that double-edged sword. Like there's the stuff where you're like, oh, I just don't want to have another conversation about miscarriage. But at the same time, helping other people by sharing our own story and like i've shared my story from a dad's point of view and we've had dad's messages say wow that's really helped helped me one dad actually said i haven't addressed this in 10 years and since reading your story i'm now starting to process some stuff but not just dads the mum's message and mums. as well and so that that whole well we're having a rough time but if we can use that to help other people then that's that's a way of us actually processing it and helping it ourselves and another thing I wanted to say was we have we've worked with um, Tommy's miscarriage and other organizations as well about miscarriage and talking to a camera is much easier. I find maybe it's a, a dad thing or a man thing, but I find talking to a camera is much easier than talking to your mate up the pub or your partner. Yeah, I will say that you are right there because you talk <laughs> to the camera and you say things. That you have never, ever, ever said to me in yeah. person. And that's because you're kind of telling no one. Yeah. But at the same time telling everyone. Yeah. And that's so that's a really useful thing that we found, even if it's like an Insta story. So, you know, I've shared stuff on our Instagram account or on a YouTube video or, you know, to the guys making a Tommy's video, whatever it is. And that's been really helpful. But one yeah. day I, I was watching our stories and Al was in the woods filming himself on a walk, a dog walk, crying about losing all our babies. Wow. And I'm at home and then he walks in the door and that's like nothing's happened. And then I have to say, Al, we do share an Instagram. I can see what you're <laughs> filming. He's like, oh, public. yeah. You know, when you put it on Instagram, everyone can see it. <laughs> Including your wife. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. But, but you'd probably compartmentalise that in, in, in terms of you were on the walk, you were doing stories, yeah. you were sharing, and then you get in the back in the car or you come home and you're back, yeah. you know, almost yeah. in real life again with Jen. Yeah, yeah that's I, exactly I think it. I think a man's head, I, I shouldn't say a man, my head is like... A big warehouse racked with shelves from floor to ceiling with great big boxes, much like the Lego warehouse. I saw the Lego warehouse. <laughs> it's just got boxes everywhere. And then, so basically I was in the woods. I took the miscarriage box off the shelf. I opened it up. I talked about it. And then once I'd done that, I closed it and I put it back on the shelf. And then when I got home, I took off the box of I want to watch TV or work. <laughs> yeah. Whereas there's Jen's head's like a great big ball of wool like, <laughs> everything's just bleh. yeah i think a lot of us can probably identify with that though that you kind of you deal with something and then you move on to the next thing yeah. and wouldn't be necessarily surprised that you're like walking in and being all like hi yeah, yeah. for a dog walk and you're like what yeah. yeah but also the other thing is this has happened so many times and it's gone on so long and it's been so awful that we can't just I really strongly believe like we've got three amazing kids and I'm not going to spend a single day with my kids feeling sad about something that I can't change. I'm going to enjoy my days with them and our days together. Yeah, do, do, I mean, do you ever get anyone saying to you, why are you putting yourself through yeah, all, all of time. this when you have got three beautiful kids? All the time, especially our family. Mm. But, you know, I think, the fact that we were trying for another baby when Ted was a few weeks old showed how much we we wanted mm. this. And that and it's hard for me because sometimes it's like my son Louis was an only child, really, 
for, for his childhood and now most of the time so is Ted and that is definitely I definitely didn't want to repeat that yeah and it, the that choice was taken out of yeah. my hands yeah I mean you can't control that stuff can you I mean my daughter was an only child for eight years and I and I remember being really actually quite upset when somebody messaged me on Instagram a few years ago and said oh I wondered if you could give me some advice about having an only child and I suddenly got really kind of like I haven't got an only child I just she just hasn't got any siblings yet yeah mm. um you know and mm. I didn't like that label of you no. have an only child yeah which, which is bonkers because there's <laughs> nothing wrong with having oh, an no. only child you know so many people have one child yeah. and it's fine yeah yeah, yeah. but it it, it it can have a real emotional effect can't it? Yeah, and I just think you've got to think we're all so different. Some people want one child. So like I've got friends who want no children. We just wanted a really large family yeah. of children close together in age, and we can't have it. But I think people who say that they they really missed the point. Mm. You know, when you have another child, it doesn't half the love. No, and oh, we've only got half to give this one now because the other this guy's come along and taken the other half. You know, that's not how it works. I still love him exactly the same. And I love you exactly the same. It's 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 well, like they think it's going to detract from this. It's not. We love this. It's great. We enjoy every second of it. We also want another kid. Yeah. Like it's and not going to. It's not going to yeah. make this any less. Yeah. <laughs> and our friends um, had something really, really traumatic happen to them, and they lost one of their multiple babies. And someone said to the mum, "Be you should be grateful." I'm not. I don't know if this is a quote, but about about this, you should be grateful for the two that you've got. And she said, she felt like saying, "Well, tell me which one of your children you yeah. could do without." Yeah. Because that I've had three children. Yeah. And that's. I want to punch them in the face, probably. <laughs> I think. I think sometimes people almost look at it a bit sim- simplistic, simplistically. You know that they. Rather than taking into account all the emotions that are tied up with parenting and having children, and people quite like to almost, you know, say, you know, this is how you should be feeling, Mm. and you've got three children, so you shouldn't you shouldn't really want any more, and you're Mm. you're you're lucky to have the three healthy children that you have. I know, and it's strange when someone says that when they've got bigger families as well. I always find that really Mm. interesting. When someone's got a similar family to us, but larger, and then says to us, but you should be happy with what you got. I think, well... Were you happy with what you got before <laughs> that last one? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But also, it's just per- it's just so personal, isn't mm. it? Can't... Yeah. You've got hopes and dreams for things and didn't get it, which mm. we're accepting in the best way we can. So for anyone who wants to follow your journey uh, from here on in and, you know, reading, you, you've written about all your experiences on the Dad's Net, haven't you? Yes. And I think there are some articles on Tommy's and other places, um, but you're on Instagram as It's the Ferguson. Yes. That's our family page. So that's where people come to talk to me. And, and me. Well, mainly me. <laughs> yeah, but... Mainly Jen. Let's, did, let's be honest. They did team Jen, team Al, and I definitely won. <laughs> But no, Instagram's where people come to talk to me really about um, miscarriage and baby loss. And then on the Dad's Net, there's articles, but also there's a Dad's Net group for men who have experienced baby loss and miscarriage. Is that on Facebook? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we have a forum on the website um, and that's obviously accessible to anyone. But if 
we have closed communities that are just dads. So everyone who wants to come in, we vet them. We have admins that vet them. So we know that they're dads or, you know, 99.999% um, as we can. And yeah, it's a place, safe place where they can just come and they can talk with a bit of an anonymity. Mm. No one else is reading it. It's just other dads who are going through the same thing. Um, and we, uh, we've got a whole host of groups, but one of them is, is miscarriage and baby loss. Mm. So people can search you out and... Uh... Get support themselves, but also yep. follow what what happens with you guys from here yep. on in. Yes. So, thank you so much, guys, for being my guests today. It has been really nice to chat to you. It's been nice to chat to you. Hopefully, people listening, if they're going through anything similar, they can take a bit of strength from what you guys have been through and the positivity that you are that you are kind of displaying. It's it's kind of inspiring. So, oh, thank, thank you. you. Yeah, people can get in touch and ask us anything, can't they? Yep anything anything (laughs) thank you very much (laughs) thank you thank you you so much to jen and al for being my guests today and thank you for listening i hope that has been some kind of support if it's something that you have experienced yourself please subscribe to the podcast and rate and review as well it's really helpful and i'll catch up with you next time Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.